Give Jesus all the praise this morning. Come on, is he good? I thought this was the 11 o'clock. Come on, you can get louder than that. Yeah. All right, thank you so much for being here. My name is Adam Harold, and my adorable uh, wife, Tanya, and I have the privilege of leading this community that we call The Refuge. We are a team. We lead together. And I couldn't do it without her. She couldn't do it without me on most days. So thank you so much for being here today. Uh, this morning, we are celebrating day 22 of 21 days of prayer. That's right, 22 of 21 days of prayer. What that means is that for the last three weeks, we've met at 6 a.m. from 6 to 7 uh, to, to seek the Lord together. And um, that means that tomorrow we won't be doing that. Uh, but what it does mean is that we're looking for people to be 20, day 22 people. For the last 21 days, we've done our best to help you discover what it looks like for you to seek God along with us, for you to intentionally get closer to him. And so um, we're looking for people that will agree that you're going to continue to seek the Lord together um, with us, uh, alongside of us, yes, but not by getting up every day and coming to the church, but getting up every day at your house and, um, and spending time with the Lord on your own. And so at some point, which is a little bit what we're going to get into today, but at some point, you have to learn to do it yourself. You have to, have to get off and, and do it alone. And so, um, and you'll understand what, what we're talking about later on. So um, day 22 people. Now, we're not going to pray like we've done the last three weeks uh, before my sermon um, because this is a part of you learning to do it on your own. And so just, just seek the Lord, and um, it's, 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 it's so much fun. It's so much fun to do it. So um, today is the week four of a series that we're calling It Is Written. It is written. So week four means it's the finale. Can you believe that we've already done one four-week series in the year of 2024? It's been four. Yeah, it's crazy. Time goes by so fast. And, um, and so this will be the conclusion of our first series of 2024. Um, but before we get to our message today, I want to talk to you a little bit about next Sunday. So next Sunday, so every year, first of all, every year we, in the second week, second series of the year, we tend to focus on relationships. And in the years past, um, what we've done is we've kind of focused on friendships and relationships and healing friendships and relationships. But, but this year, I kind of I feel the need to talk about like more romantic relationships and get more into the romance relationships and why it's important to have a biblical romantic relationship. And so um, last week I said, and I, I've said this before, but last week I said if the Bible were an accurate movie, were made, if, if someone made the Bible into an accurate movie, it would be rated R. And so as a warning, I want to tell parents Next week, you might want to make sure that your kids go to kids' church, because uh, and, and actually for the next three or four weeks after that, uh, because the title of the series that I'm giving it is XOXO, and so um, we're going to, 
we're going to talk about sex next week, okay? So uh, just so you know that, um, we're going to talk about, about that in a biblical way. And, uh, and so I don't want to make your faces turn red, but I want to make your faces turn red a little bit. You know what I mean? And so um, this is just, just the warning for, for that next Sunday. Today, we are talking about uh, God's Word as our foundation. Our series has been called It Is Written. It's been all about God's Word. In week one, we talked about questions. We gave you permission to ask God's Word, God's word questions. We said in our big idea for week one, we said that um, it's okay to ask questions. It's not okay to question. So when we question something, this was the idea. When we question something, it reveals a determined heart. But when we ask questions, it reveals a teachable heart. We want to approach God's word as a teacher in our lives. We want it to be teaching us something. And so in week, uh, week two, we talked, about, uh, we talked about the revelation and how the spirit of God reveals truth to us. It has to be the spirit that reveals truth. In week three, we talked, this is last week, we talked about the Bible as the solution. The Bible is our solution to everything. We said our big idea was that uh, the Bible teaches us that things aren't falling apart, but things are falling into place. This goes for the world around us, but it also goes for your life. I want you to know this morning that your life isn't falling apart. It's just falling into place. God has got you here so that he can speak to you. Whatever is going on in your life is is happening so that God can speak to you because God's goal is one thing, and that is your heart. That's what he's always after. But the Spirit has to reveal to us that God wants our hearts so that we can give him our hearts. Because listen, when the Spirit reveals truth to me, it motivates me to action. Revealed truth by the Spirit leads to transformation. And so we want God's Word to transform us to the point where we're surrendering our lives to God, the the, the, the idea last week was that things aren't falling apart. Things are falling into place. This week, we're talking about God's word as the foundation, the foundation of our lives. We're, we're in Matthew chapter 7. We read it last week. We're going to read it again this week. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. If you want to follow along in the, with all of today's notes, they're available in the YouVersion Bible app. You can go there. Um, to the YouVersion Bible app, and uh, if it's on your phone, uh, the screens on my side should tell you where the YouVersion Bible app is and all that stuff, how to get there. Before we read uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, there it is, Matthew 7, 24 through 27, um, I'm going to ask the Spirit of God to reveal truth to us today. Can I pray? Will you bow with me? Father, we, uh, we love you. Father, we thank you for your word that is alive, it's active, it's quicker than any two-edged sword, and it pierces my soul and spirit, Hebrews teaches us. God, I pray that this morning that your spirit would reveal truth to us, that it would show us the way to walk in, but Lord, that it wouldn't show us how to behave, it'll show us how to transform, that it would become who we are 
and that we would behave because we are. Father, I pray that you would lead us, that you would guide us, that you would reveal truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 7, 24 says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes and the torrents and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand, when the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. In this passage that we just read, we have the conclusion to the greatest sermon ever preached. Believe it or not, the sermon that I'm about to preach isn't the greatest sermon ever preached. I'm going to let you down early, right? I'm going to tell you, this isn't going to be the greatest sermon you've ever heard. Because the greatest sermon ever delivered was delivered by a man by the name of Jesus on a mountain. And it was called the Sermon on a Mount. This is the conclusion of that sermon. And in the conclusion of his sermon, Jesus gives us two options that he always gives us. But then he gives us two steps And in the process, he draws a line in the sand. And the line that Jesus draws in the sand here is the line between wisdom and foolishness. And what what the line is, is the line is the foundation of his teaching. In fact, my mind, as as I'm preaching this, goes to another time when Jesus drew in the sand with a woman that was caught in adultery. And I just wonder if he wrote, my teaching in the sand. Because he's drawn a line between wisdom and foolishness, and the line is his teaching. Will we follow it? Will we obey it? Because the option, the two options that God always gives us, that he gives every person, is the option of obedience or disobedience. That's it. His way or our way? (laughs) Can I just say that this is the problem that a lot of people have with God? In fact, people want their way with their reward, right? We want to do things our way while getting the reward that we desire. Sounds a lot like my diet. (laughs) We want to eat what we want to and get the results that we want to. But I can't eat a big old chocolate cake for lunch and expect to have a six-pack later. That's not the way life works. We have to learn what it means to build our lives on the foundation of Jesus. That's the obedience. The disobedience is living however we want to. But I've got great news for you. Doing life your way doesn't work. And that's great news. Because you don't have to figure it out. God has already figured out for us, and he's written what it is, that, fig- that the, the path in this book. He's written it here for us to follow. 
And when we follow it, when we choose to obey it, we build our lives on a solid foundation. The only two options is obedience or disobedience. But then in this conclusion, he gives us two simple steps of following him, two simple steps of building a foundation. I, listen, I love simple preachers. I don't know if you notice, when I, when I preach, I, I, I repeat things a lot. I try, to, I try to teach as much as I preach, right? And I believe that's what Jesus does here. He gives two simple steps of building your life on a solid foundation. The two steps are step one, listen. Step two, follow. Step one is listen. Step two is follow. So let's talk a little bit about step one for a minute. Ladies, do not nudge your husband too hard when I say that step one is listening. Right? There are three types of listening. The first one is selective listening. Again, don't nudge your husband too hard. The second one is act, uh, passive listening. Selective, passive, and active listening. Those are the three types of listening. So let's talk a little bit about selective listening. Husbands, you might want to pay attention. This is when you're barely listening, right? You only hear what you want to hear, and you barely hear that. Can I be honest this morning? This is what we do with the teachings of Jesus. We tend to selectively hear the things that we want to. We will read the parts in the word that we like, and we won't read the parts that we don't. Because that one sounds too harsh. That one doesn't sound very fair. When we do that, we play the role of God. And we don't allow God to be the one that we're following. We're following ourselves at that point. So the first type of listening is selective listening. But the second type of listening is passive listening. Now, I said this in the second service. I'll say it again. I have a hard time. I'm a man. I selective listen. Tanya is a woman, and she passively listens. Here's why. She listens while she's busy. She listens while she's doing other things. Like, and it amazes me sometimes. She'll be uh, doing something in the house, um, and, and I'll say something, and she'll, hear, she'll actually hear me, but she'll be so busy she doesn't really get to it. And we passively listen to the, word, to, the, to the commands of Jesus. This is how we, how we are as believers. This passive listening is, is when we only do the things um, when they fit into our schedule. If it fits into my schedule or if it fits into my budget this month to give 10%, I will. If it fits in, we passively do it. That's passive listening. But selective listening and passive listening aren't listening at all. We say in my house, we have a saying with my kids, 
partial obedience is disobedience. And delayed obedience is disobedience, both of them. So we want to get to the point where we're actively listening to God. Because an active listener is an intentional listener. Intentionally listening is when you do the things that you're being told to do. When you do it as you're being told. Active listening is intentionally listening, meaning with the intent to obey. When I was a kid growing up in Sunday school, I learned this song as a child. O, B, E, D, I, E, N, C, E. Obedience is the very best way. No one else? <laughs> to show that you believe. All right? So you guys, you guys didn't know I was quite the vocalist, did you? Obedience, you have to learn to obey. And when you obey with what you hear, that's called active listening. And active listening is what it means to follow the commands of Jesus. So when Jesus is talking about listen and follow, I think he's saying you got to actively listen so that you can follow. So what does it look like? to follow the commands of Jesus. The first call, listen to me, this is really important. The first call of the gospel is not to believe. The first call of the gospel is to follow. The first call is not to believe in God It's not enough to believe in God. You have to follow him. It got quiet in here. You have to follow. The the book of James, James writes and he tells us that even Satan and his angels believe. It is not enough to believe in God. You must follow him. And the way you follow him is you trust him with your life. You have to follow. The word disciple was a word that was used in, um, in the days of Jesus. When, when anyone would say the word disciple, people knew what that meant. What a disciple is, is one who goes somewhere with someone else. A disciple goes somewhere with someone else. I heard a writer one time, or I read that a writer say that a disciple is like an intern following a doctor. If you think about an intern following a doctor in their internship, they're following the doctor with all of their all their rounds and all their appointments, and they're going to the with the doctor and they're they're doing what the doctor does. If they're becoming a surgeon, there will come a day when they watch their doctor do the surgery, and then eventually the doctor will hand the scalpel over to them, and they will have to perform the surgery. Because being a follower isn't just going with the person, but it's doing what the person does. 
in fact, when you dive into disciples that would become rabbis in the, in the New Testament and even in the Old Testament, when a rabbi would say, come follow me, what they're saying to the pupil is that you have what it takes to do what I do. Will you follow me? Will you become what I am? Will you do what I do? This is the desire for G- of Jesus for every disciple that follows him, that we do what he does. Yes, even die. Because I must die to myself every single day I follow him. I have to learn what it means to surrender. So, Pastor Adam, how do we follow the teachings of Jesus? How do we do this? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's a lot easier than you might think. Because the way that you follow Jesus. By the way, did I give you today big, today's big idea? Today's big idea, if I, if I have one thing I want to communicate, it's this one thing. Anything less than following the teachings of Jesus leads to destruction. Anything less than following the teachings of Jesus leads to destruction. We have to learn to follow, meaning we have to learn to become who Jesus is. So the way we follow is we must follow to the level of our spiritual maturity with the intent of advancement. Let me say that again. We follow at the level of our spiritual maturity with the intent to get to the next level. So I'll break this down into five different phases. By the way, I don't know if you remember this or not, but last April, and some of you may have started coming since then, but last April we did a series that I called Spiritual Growth Chart. I started it on Easter where I talked about being spiritually dead. And, um, and, and so we talked about being spiritually dead, and that's the first phase of the Spiritual Growth Chart. So for the remainder of our time, I'm going to give you the spiritual growth chart again. Uh, by the way, if you want to listen to, uh, to that and uh, hear more about each phase, you can go to refugemain.church slash messages, and you can hear all of our previous messages there. Spiritual growth chart um, is something that we have incorporated into our small groups. In fact, when we do small group leader training um, that we talked about in the news today, we'll go over the spiritual growth chart in a more in-depth way. And so the spiritual growth chart has five phases on it. The first phase is spiritually dead. We talk, I t- just talked about it a minute ago. We'll talk about it again. The second phase is a spiritual infant. Third, spiritual child. Fourth, spiritual young adult. Fifth, spiritual parent. Now, our goal is to become a spiritual parent, and, but once we become a parent, I'll talk about it in a minute, once we become a parent, that doesn't mean we've arrived. You never arrive in the kingdom of heaven until you're in heaven, right? So you're always growing. You're always doing everything you can to, to grow. And so we start with being spiritually dead. On Easter of last year, I talked about this. 
every person ever born is spiritually dead. Let me say this. Satan's goal in life, in your life, is to keep you spiritually dead. Because when we die spiritually dead without our identity being in Christ, we're on Satan's team then. We have to be what Jesus called reborn. And when we're reborn, the spirit comes alive inside of us. Every person to ever be conceived at conception is spiritually dead because they're conceived in sin, the Bible teaches us. But I believe, last week was Sanctity of Life Sunday, I believe that the womb is sacred and any baby that dies in the womb dies close to God. Therefore, they, they get to go to heaven. I believe that with all of my heart. But at conception, we're spiritually dead, meaning we need to have our life. We have to have our spirit come back to life. And the way that we advance from being spiritually dead to second phase, which is spiritual infant, is by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus to be saved. And that is what Jesus calls you must be born again. That's why he uses the language of being born again, because the spirit inside of us has to come to life. When you come to life, you're, you come to life when you're, when you're born, right? As a, as a physical person, you come to life when you're born, right? You're still awake. Okay, good. So when you're born, so the way you advance is by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus to be saved. At that moment, you become an infant, a spiritual baby. And I, I get frustrated at, at people that come to know Jesus, but also at people that introduce people to Jesus that think that when someone comes to Jesus, they have to go out and be able to give, recite the Ten Commandments and be able to, um, to, to explain what it means to be sanctified and to be reborn and to, to be renewed and, and, and to be able to proclaim the gospel and know what propitiation means for crying out loud, Right? to know that God is sovereign and what that means. I'm, listen, I got saved when I was very young and I still don't know what it means to be sovereign because I'm a human being and I'm not sovereign. But I know that God's in control of all things and I've learned what that means. I've learned what that, what that, what that looks like. But when, you, when you're an infant, when you're a spiritual infant, think about what babies do. Babies eat milk. And the milk that they eat or they drink is given to them. It's fed. They're fed that milk. It's put in their mouth. A baby crawls. Babies don't talk. In fact, babies cry a lot. And, and, and babies need people. They're dependent on others. Being a spiritual infant, you're relying on other people, and we have to walk with people as infants, 
But from a spiritual infant, you go to a child. And the question is, Pastor Adam, how do I go from being a spiritual infant to being a spiritual child? Well, the way that you come become a spiritual child is by obeying. Again, the reason I learned the song in Sunday school was so that I would learn what it means to obey. And I believe that the spiritual infant becomes a spiritual child when they take the first step of obedience, which is in water baptism. And I know that there's a little bit of doctrine here that some people may disagree with, but this is what I think. When we force people to be baptized at salvation, we're forcing them to be born six years old. Right? If I can put it in physical terms. We're forcing them to become a child at, at birth. But it has to be desired. It has to be, it has, like, at some point, there has to be independence. And so as you grow, you have to decide, make the decision to go to the next phase. Maybe some of you today will decide, you know what, I need to sign up for baptism. We don't know when our next baptism will be. It'll be in June, um, probably in, in late May or early June at some point. But, but to, to become a spiritual child, to be water baptized by immersion, that it's your choice, not your parents' choice. I believe your, your baptism needs to be your choice, not your parents' choice. So, you become a child through obedience. But then as, you know, as a child, you're starting to learn what it looks like to be independent, right? But you're still dependent from a lot of things. As a child, you, you don't make your own macaroni and cheese. Your parents make it for you. And then they put it in front of you and you make a mess trying to shove it in your mouth. But you're learning to feed yourself. And as a spiritual child, you're learning to feed yourself. It might be clumsy. You might not know what you're where you're supposed to read and what you're supposed to feed yourself. You might have to have somebody tell you, hey, start in the book of John because it talks all about God's, God's love for you. You might need someone to tell you what to read or where to read, but you can start to, to do it yourself. And you're learning what it means to become independent. But the transition from child to young adult is terrifying. And I believe that the church has so many people stuck at being a spiritual child because they don't know how to feed themselves and they don't know how to be independent. You have to learn what it's like to live your Christian life as only you, but you need people to show you how to do that. I got a verbal warning from my wife that she's going to fire me as pastor of the Refuge Church for telling this next story that I'm about to tell you. Many of you know, 
that um, this last week, some of you may not know, this last week my wife Tanya and I and, and my daughter Anna uh, went to Anderson, South Carolina for the intent of looking at a college for Anna to attend. Anna is a senior in high school. She is physically becoming a young adult. And it scares me to death. It scares her, too. The journey of being a spiritual child to becoming a spiritual adult, young adult, is terrifying. It's terrifying for the parent, but it's also terrifying for the child. Because the journey and the thing that you must do to become a young adult is you have to learn to be independent. You have to learn what it's like to surrender. But as a parent, I'm sitting here going, what if she goes and she realizes she doesn't need me anymore? And even as a spiritual parent, as you raise people to follow Jesus, you're going, what if they learn that they don't need me to follow Jesus? And we get stuck there. Because we have parents, and the reason I think a lot of us are stuck with being spiritual children is because we have pastors that like for people to depend on them. You don't need Adam Harold. You need Jesus. I don't need to be told, Pastor, I need you. I, I don't know if I can do this without you. Please, don't tell me that. I need you to show me I can do this. Pastor Adam, I just, taught, I just showed my friend, and I just introduced him to Jesus. And I want to help them. Get, I want to I baptize them the next time we do it. That's my goal. My goal is to get you to not need me, to teach you to learn what it's like to depend on Jesus, to be fully surrendered. That's what it's like to be a young adult. But we're stuck being children because we don't understand surrender. Surrendering is scary. 10% is a lot of money. But obedience and surrender in my finances tells me that God just asked for 10% of it. Coming to church one day a week is scary. Every single Sunday can be scary. That's a lot of time. But God tells me, 
that I can't forsake the gathering of saints. I can't forsake the gathering of people because I need people to walk with me every single step of the way and to show me and to teach me what it's like to surrender. And the way you go from being a young adult to being a spiritual parent is simple. It's reproduction. When you reproduce another follower of Jesus and you invite them to come to Jesus and they say, yes, I need it, I want it, and they become a spiritual infant, and then you help them to get to being a child, or be, yeah, being a child by, through baptism, you water baptize them. And then you help teach them what it's like to become independent so that they're not depending on you for food. And then you walk alongside of them. And let me tell you, reproduction is fun. That's what we'll talk a little bit about next week. <laughs> but once you become a parent, you haven't arrived. Because you don't arrive until you get to the kingdom of heaven. So what do you do as a spiritual parent, Pastor Adam? What, what's the goal then? The goal is to walk with people. And I love looking out in the crowd, seeing people that we've walked with. But it's time for you to go reproduce, to walk with somebody else. Show them how to do it. And Invite them to follow Jesus. Don't invite them to church. Invite them to follow Jesus. The church won't save you. Jesus will. Following Jesus will. But following Jesus requires surrender. So the question for us today is simple. Where are you at in the journey of following Jesus? What are you doing to advance to the next level? Do you need to surrender more? Do you need to stop working it way, working God into your budget, working God into your schedule? Do you need to just obey him with surrender to become that young adult? Are you a, a young adult already? Or maybe you've been saved for 30 years and you've never become a child through water baptism. A decision that you made, not your parents made. Are you telling others about Jesus for the purpose of reproduction, not just to get them to do what you want them to do, but for the purpose of reproduction? Are you walking with people? Are you, are you following Jesus? And are you living through the life of, of the Apostle Paul that said, follow me as I follow Christ? Stand to your feet. I want to pray with you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Are you glad you came to church this morning? Father, I thank you. I thank you that you have given us a playbook. 
And God, I even thank you this morning that that playbook includes a play called Surrender. God, surrender's hard, but it leads us to life. And maybe there's someone in this room this morning that needs to just surrender their heart to you and to call on the name of the Lord Jesus to be saved for the first time. If there's anyone in this room that needs Jesus in their life, I just invite you to say this prayer with me. Say, God, I know I've sinned. I know I've done wrong, and because I've done wrong, I know I need Jesus who died in my place so I could have a relationship with God the Father. Come into my life, Jesus. Bridge the gap between me and my Father and bring me to Him. Help me live as you want me to live. Help me to follow with my life. I invite you in. In Jesus' name I pray. And God, I, I pray for everyone else in this room that you would help us to do whatever is necessary to get to the next level. God, I just love this moment. And I could easily stay here, but that would do me no good. And so, Father, as I depart from this moment, I pray that you would help me to put this moment into action, to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Next Steps is open if you need prayer. We're going to sing one more song, and then we'll be dismissed. Hey, have the best week of your life.